I got to grab something to drink. Sure, you got to do your science experiment. I didn't make it down there. I couldn't. Oh. Uh, I couldn't. Boy, your part. wild club's got the horseshoe up the behind. I'll say. It's not comforting though that they have to win these in the last minute. Is the goose see the magic Just... elixir? Do you see that scrap that uh, oh, Reeves yeah. got in in the that second? Was, that was yeah. great. Did you hear him? Did you hear him interviewed about it? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He said, "Well, he had a guy willing to go, and I thought it would help the boys." Yeah, stir up it, the boys. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. Hey, a guy was willing. Well, a guy was willing to go, so we went. Yeah, they squared he off. To it keep was great. Up the temple for the boys. Yep. And then he scored a goal. Yeah. Yeah, with Rare wonderful goal. hand-eye coordination. Beautiful. Did he, did he used to be a stud? I don't know much he's about slower him. Than Where did we get him? They traded. Oh, him. he's been on every team yeah. in the he's league. Been... How about Patrick Kane? Not going to finish his career as a Blackhawk. Uh, Aren't they terrible? Didn't he kind of want that? Yeah, he wanted to. You mean did he want to finish as a Blackhawk? No, he wanted to leave, didn't he? Uh, he's a kind of a party animal. I bet he's going to love New York. But he's 34. I guess he still got it, or the Rangers wouldn't have done that. Oh, here's a long. You know where Kane has lived the whole time he's been Blackhawk? Madison? No, in a what's one of the most expensive hotels on the Miracle Mile there? Red Roof Inn. No, it's big suite <laughs> up there. Uh, it probably cost him a four. Be cheaper to have bought a house. Yeah, but um, he's got maid service. A, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go with the maid service, room service. Yeah, I got a longer what bite. Is it four Seasons or uh, what's one of those? You know, you no, it's them. the Four Seasons. Uh, you can get them. Dang it, I lost the John. Help me. I'm sorry. What? What? what the Four the Seasons. What are the ads? I wonder. The place where they had the press conference. Four oh, Seasons total landscape. Place. Landscaping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That I could text Royce about once a week, and I'd get that. <laughs> are you giving up on that Biden quote? Which, if you are, that's fine. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd military. come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She Did he say Pearl Mills? I didn't no. couldn't understand him. She whispered. She'd lean down. He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I that there was a connection, a human connection. Hmm. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because he didn't do the one where I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson. Well, well what's the context for this? Does it? Uh, he was yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I think I just looked it up, but I can't remember. He was speaking to. Hello? Where's the party? God, that's what he sounds like. He sounds like Sid trying to do Sunday morning sports talk. He's appearing at Virginia, a healthcare policy, speaking about healthcare policy in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Okay. And this was when, do you think? Yesterday. It was yesterday. Right, Tuesday. Now I'll play it. Now Tuesday. I'll play it. You know what? No. <laughs> I've decided not to. I'm kidding. I got it. I don't want to. No. I don't um, not wanted. Oh yeah, we need to. Add. Oh, it's today's the first. Happy March, everybody! Oh, oh happy March! March. I, I I got my watch fixed. Wait, turn over to the first. Is daylight savings this week coming weekend? I don't know. It is. Is I it next don't weekend? No. Because you know what I learned yesterday? Yesterday was our final uh, golf show. Sunset before <laughs> six p.m. until fall. This is the first huh. day of meteorological spring. Meteorological. 
Mm-hmm. When I was a senior in high school, on this day, it was 32 below. Wow. Fun. And we were getting ready to be playing in the hockey tournament, but they didn't let us in the real one. We had to go and play in this shit play bag. The Catholic one? one? Yeah. The NIT? <clears throat> Private school one? <laughs> NIT. <laughs> we had to play the They had NIT. two separate high school hockey tournaments? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. When did that stop? One for the evil fish eaters and one for everybody else. When did that stop? I think uh, by the time, I would say, boy, I would say mid to late 70s, the Catholic schools were part of the high school league. Hmm. Uh, ads. Joe. Oops. Wait, what's, what happened here? What happened to my thing? Well. We got to go to Duluth on a train. Well, you got old, fun. Chris. That's what a happened train. to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here we go. All right. Uh, Joe, you're going to have Fratellonis and EcoFun. With no EcoFun company. <clears throat> Kenneth Allen Olson. Yes, sir. I need a Maple Grove lock and safe from you. Oh, um, what was that sale we had going? Is that still on? I think it was Memorial Day. Valentine's Day? Your heart? (laughs) Keep your heart safe? No, it wasn't. um, Oh, through March 14th. I'm good. I can give you that, Chris. I'd be happy to give you that, Chris. No, lock up your leprechauns and your gold in the safe. And I don't like I, agreeable Kenny. No, I do. Oh, okay. Minute, I also need Tri-State right. Bobcat from you, sir. Uh, Good push. Oh, yeah. The president's okay. Rook, I need Ray and Welter heating from you. <laughs> Warm your shelter with Ray. Um, it's almost springtime. It's the first day of meteorological spring. I heard that. And then John? Yes. I don't need Jack S from you. Yeah, okay. Fratelloni's hardware and garden uh, stores. I was just watching a video of a girls' softball game, college game, where two parrots are flying around the field trying to land on people. It's great. Oh, I saw that. Hey, uh, that show that Don turned us on to. Oh, yeah. Stardom What's it called? Something stairs, to stardom? You got to find the dancers. Okay. The, I can dance better than these gals, and it's so funny. Were they big girls? Was it twenty feet from stardom? No stair stairway to stardom. Can stairway to stardom? It's it a local a, cab uh, yeah. cable access show from um, New Jersey. Yeah, from the eighties and nineties, and it is as bad as you can imagine. Oh. It's an SNL skit, but okay. they're serious. Tell me again, stair. Stairway to stardom. It is so delightful. I just sat here and howled. Rattaloni's hardware and garden stores. Is it bigger than Jerry and what's her name? Hey, Jerry. No, but it's on the same level. You know that that guy grew up up here, but three miles up the road from me. Jerry did? Yep. I love that. That show was addicting to watch. It was a great show. His last name was Beck. I was on uh, Rook. Whose show was I on? The cable TV show. You were on the Black uh, Host. Warner, Warner, Warner Jackson, Warner Jackson. He rode a unicycle over my stomach. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, 
Rook, he was a uh, he was a meat cutter at that uh, meat market I used yeah. to on Cedar and Thirty Eighth. Um, what's the name of that grocery store? Um, uh, not Everett's. Um, Ravelli's Hardware and Garden Store. We uh, we had them on when I was producing Van and Shiro. We had them on like five times, uh, just because they were so fun to have in studio. <laughs> they would, they would yeah, come in Jackson studio. A warm up. Yeah, he's no longer with us. He's no longer with us, but he did a little. It was a variety show, Caleb, and he yeah. did a little warm up uh, yeah. comedy routine. Yeah, and I remember yeah. one of his jokes was he wanted to play hockey really bad, being here in Minnesota, but he didn't like to be the only black guy surrounded by ten other white guys with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> it was Everett's Meat Market on Thirty Eighth at Chicago. All right, I'm sorry, at Cedar. I thought you said it wasn't Everett's. Joe, are you ready to kick off this extravaganza? Kick off? It's time for kickoff? What'd you say? 1245 for Fletch? Your mom caught you smoking and then she says, no way! Do you want to do a segment then, John? What? Do you want to do a segment then, John? That's a great tune. We'll see. We'll see. Fletch at quarter two. You need to fight for your right to party. Joe? What? Ready. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1027, March 1st. Yes. Right. It's the first day of meteorological spring. It's also the first day the twins are on TV. 59 degrees was the high on this day oh in 1990. And for the second day in a row, the cold record was set in 1967. It was 32 below. And on this day in 2007... Just a note for the first day of meteorological spring, almost 10 inches of snow. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense. Your man, Joe Sushi. I think it's important to uh, to play our president. Oh. I'll, I'll set it up for you. To play our president, given the theme of today's show, <laughs> uh, it's comforting to know that our leader is uh, is rocking and rolling and ready to go. Yesterday, he apparently spoke to a group of health providers uh, in Virginia. John, was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he. Uh, he tailed off and started talking about a nurse. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, in nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because she didn't knew the one I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. Well, that's good. He's not joking. It wasn't a funny joke if he was. <clears throat> that was semi-creepy. What was he yeah. on at that point? Uh, what, what drug was he on? I don't know what they have him on. Everything. Because the theme of today's show is... We're bleeped? China's trying to kill us. Hey! That's Reaver's theory. <laughs> okay. And I've, you know what? I'm not going to object to his theory. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with... Uh, Let's start with uh, the pandemic. 
at, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, were if if people suggested that it began uh, in a China lab and it was a lab leak, that was not an acceptable public position. Is that Xenophobic. Correct? Yeah, that was not was an acceptable. I'm serious now. Yeah. That was good we were, You would you would have been condemned as some sort of outlier. Xenophobic. Oh, you got, you got kicked off of social media. Right, and yeah. now uh, and I have this from the BBC. I could have chosen it from a variety of sources but i want you to know it's not coming from me okay coming from the bbc fbi director christopher ray has said that the bureau believes covid19 most likely originated in a chinese government controlled lab the fbi has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident he said is the first public confirmation of the fbi's classified judgment of how the dam, uh, the pandemic virus emerged. And of course, there are scientists who point out there is no evidence that it leaked from a lab. And other U.S. government agencies have drawn different conclusions to the FBI's. Some of them have said, but with a low level of certainty, that the virus did not start in a lab, but instead jumped from animals to humans. And the White House has said there is no consensus across the government on the origins. But the FBI, uh, apparently now the director, is allowed to say this without recrimination. Mm. In other words, <clears throat> we've reached the point where that theory is as good as any other. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, that theory got you into a lot of trouble. Right. You were, you didn't know what you were talking about. Well, you, you're a black helicopter theorist. A World Health Organization investigation was deeply criticized, and its director general has since called for a new inquiry, saying all hypotheses remain open and require further study. Mr. Ray's comments come a day after the U.S. ambassador to China called for the country to be more honest about COVID's origins. Which they I, never I, will I be. don't think China is capable of any kind of honesty whatsoever. Right. In his interview Tuesday, Ray said China has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate efforts to identify the source of the global pandemic. He said details of his agency's investigation were classified, but the FBI had a team of experts focusing on the dangers of biological threats. And of course, Beijing's response to that was political manipulation. And it goes on and on and on. And the only conclusion we can draw from this is that any theory you want is now in play, and I guess you won't be condemned for it. Well, if you know, if we want to, back then, wasn't it also because the first, at least for my, from my remembering that that situation at that time, basically the first person to suggest that was the president, correct? Uh, I, and that's why a lot of people were dismissive of it. Is that fair, or is that not fair? He, well, fair. he actually, though, there were actually there was a story about this online where he backed the Chinese government and what they were saying continuously. Okay. So he agreed with the Chinese government down the line that, you know, whatever they said went uh, and that they were cooperating. It's amazing how we forget such major trauma just even from a few years ago, you know. Uh, I wonder what the great and high Lord Fauci has to say on these recent revelations. Where's he been? Well, he, he's, there's about a month old quote, Kenny, where he's doing an interview. He's and he open. Says, I'm open to any interpretation, he says, because we have no idea. 
Yeah. That's that's you know. that's the latest that's the latest I could find too, but nothing here in the last day or so. So it basically took three years to have it become permissible to say a lab leak is not out of the question. Early on, we were disabused of the notion of it being a lab leak. Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to toy with that theory. And now now we are. Uh, Lab leak seems reasonable to me, but I, what do I know? Disabused is kind of a soft word in this case. We we were more than just disabused. Well, we were pummeled. That, that's a better word, Joe. That's much better. Well, even to the point yeah. where remember when some had suggested that natural immunity would be just as, if not more effective than getting a vaccine. And you were also dismissed thoroughly if you were to suggest that oh right on down the line we could name everything regarding this uh, event and yeah and that has now since been even though it wasn't didn't osterholm say that on our show i don't recall chris you're right but the number of people who got it a larger number of those people would have died had you just relied on national immunity natural yeah okay um and didn't i read something recently about sweden um and that they were chastised in the very beginning for letting people catch it Mm -hmm. And then now, three years later, they're kind of being held up as a model of how it should be handled. I'm pra- paraphrasing something I just scanned through a few days ago. Well, it, it seems what, what has gotten lost is the idea that why wouldn't it have been a lab leak? It's, the, it's a bunch of commies. They it's hate China. us and they lie yep. and they want world control and they have no moral or ethical integrity. I'm speaking of the government and they're going to do whatever they want to do. And then they're going to lie to you about it because they're dirty, rotten commies. You know what I like to say about China, Joe? They're (laughs) not trustworthy. Let's get to phase two. Chris is, uh, well, um, Chris walked in. Chris, um, give me that quiz you gave me off the air. Oh, uh, let me set it up. Okay. Let me set it up. Then you can give the quiz. quiz. Reavers walks in today and, I was all full of it today, man. You know, why the long horse? <laughs> right. Why the long face the and long. the horse at the bar or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Right. She said, why I don't the know. Horse? Something to do with the long Look face. Here. She said, oh. oh. And, and Reaver said, they're That's trying to all. kill us. And I said, who? And he said, the Chinese. And I, my instant thought was, well, that would be cheaper than war. And your your uh, your rationale for this uh, against my better judgment, I'm uh, I, I'm gonna <laughs> oh, wow. I'm gonna allow you to skate oh, with it. Wow. You've got the puck. You're in your own end. You're breaking out. Let's go. Am I Kaprasov right now? Yes, Chris. So, you asked me a question, and I'm gonna ask the same to like Rook and Rook and Johnny. Although I'm not that tough. Yeah. Do you guys know what the number one cause of death was? Is uh, it is in the United States of America? Yes. Not, well, you're not supposed to answer. God, he didn't get the. <laughs> I would have said cancer. Okay. You can't I play along. Fentanyl related overdose and whatnot. Okay. One person every 8.57 minutes, 170 people per day. Which some have also said is the number one reason why we have the homelessness problem is the addiction to drugs like fentanyl right? and then you asked me where does it come from guys where does fentanyl come from drug dealers china 
China to Mexico. Johnny to Mexico it. to the U.S. Johnny's it's the first one to nail Johnny's it. jumping ahead, too. Yeah, Mexico and you're right, has Joe. basically been the middleman for Correct. fentanyl distribution to this country from China to Mexico. What yes. can you demonstrate for me that that's accurate? Joe, I'd like to provide you a document, <laughs> a declassified document from the DEA. Uh, it's a DEA intelligence report. DEA titled, is the Department of... Uh, <laughs> What is DEA? Drug enforcement. How come, drug enforcement. How come when we did this off the air? It was so uh, much not, smoother. Not trying at all. <laughs> just not thinking. It was just, it was golden. And now when we right, put drug, effort in. Drug enforcement it, agency, you may continue. What we need to start doing is just not talk to each other before the show starts. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, That's what we need counsel, to start doing. We're just going to put bags over our heads. This is dated January of 2020, uh, a declassified document. It's a DEA intelligence report. Yes, Joe. The Drug Enforcement Agency is the <laughs> DEA. Thank you. All right. An executive summary. The flow of fentanyl into the United States in 2019 is more diverse compared to the start of the fentanyl crisis back in 2014, with new source countries and new transit countries emerging as significant trafficking nodes. This is, uh, this is exacerbating the already multifaceted fentanyl crisis by introducing additional source countries into the global supply chain of fentanyl, fentanyl-related substances, and fentanyl precursors. So I said this to Joe because Joe was out of town. You guys recall two weeks ago the drug bust that we had in, I believe it was Uptown, and we had the new Hennepin County Sheriff, I forget her name, and she was at the podium and the, the, the drugs that they seized from this one individual bust. You guys recall this story? No. I don't I, I do. I don't think I was out of town. I think we did mention it. So there was enough fentanyl in this one case in South Minneapolis, Uptown, whatever, whatever area it was, that could have killed 300,000 people. And this oh. is one person possessing oh. that much fentanyl. And isn't it true that the police carry some antidotal? Uh, yes, uh, to the point where them? wasn't it a Florida police officer that had it ha had to have it administered to her because she was about to overdose from the exposure of the drug the, bust? Apparently, though, uh, that uh, has been apparently that video's not. Uh, oh. How shall we say? Yeah, that was video it's been refuted. Yes, by doctors who said that cannot could not have happened the way that uh, it was oh. portrayed. And okay. also, the touch thing is not a... Yeah, I, I've never heard of that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's keep it dumb, because we're dummies. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. What you're saying, Reavers, is that this is further evidence that China has found a means, other than warfare, of killing off the United States. That's Our, your theory. That's my theory. Mm -hmm. Well, I can add to it. I can add to it. We all got our tinfoil hats on. Yep, and I don't mind putting it on. Slam that chopper right over here. The big black I, I, don't one yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. Well, I'll, I'll jump in the chopper with you guys today. What the hell? All right. Now, granted, this is from the UK Sun, which is just another one of the fun tabloids. Sure. And you must take everything you read in the Sun with a grain of salt. Okay. <clears throat> I'd like to know where that phrase came from. What, what would that? What would a grain of salt mitigate? Take that with a grain of salt. So, you know, a grain of salt is very small. Right? Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> uh, mysterious powder swamps U.S. skies 
as baffled residents report cars covered in murky dust yeah. across multiple counties. Right. All right. And you turn to this, uh, you get past all the bikini pictures and you get that to the <laughs> copy. That's where I always get down the rabbit hole. Because and it says the strange reports have prompted the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection to investigate the powder. They will work with state and local agencies to collect and analyze samples of the substance. Residents in West Virginia's eastern panhandle, which is roughly 100 miles west of D.C., reported seeing the powder in multiple counties late Thursday night, meaning last week, apparently. The Maryland Department of the Environment said that the powder likely came from Texas and New Mexico, but they said a wind shift has since brought clean air from Canada. Monitoring systems recorded good air quality on Friday. Uh, uh, and then we learned that uh, this dust traveled east through Ohio, Michigan, and Kentucky. Satellite images captured by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association reportedly showed. A West Virginian state lab, here's a key, a West Virginia state lab will test the powder to see if it's related to the recent dust storms in the Midwest. All right, we don't know that yet. West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection said that there's no indication that the dust-like substance is related to the Ohio train derailment. He said that the northern panhandles hadn't had any air quality problems since the toxic train crash. It's been almost a month since a cargo train crashed in East Palestine, Ohio. While environmental officials continue to say that air quality levels in the area are normal, residents have complained about their health issues and they're worried about it. Headaches, rashes, nausea, sore throats. Uh, and then you have a, a more, oh, here's locals like Taylor Holzer. We've gone from the dust in the sky in the sun here to they've just tailspin into the train crash. Locals like Taylor Holzer and his family who run Parker Dairy and live just outside the evacuation area are claiming to feel the effects of the crash. Holzer is registered as a fox keeper with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and told WKBN that some of his foxes have been acting strange after the derailment, with a few having abnormally puffy faces and others refusing to eat. Many have also had stomach issues, according to Holzer. These issues, he claimed, are from the nearby derailment and the chemicals that were released. Smoke and chemicals from the train, that's the only thing that can cause it because it didn't just happen out of anywhere, Holzer claimed. The chemicals that were being told are safe in the air. That's definitely not safe for the animals or people. And that concludes the Sun story, which began with the uh, unnerving story of a mysterious dust uh, and then ended with the train crash. All we are is dust in the wind. That's right. Suits, while you're while you were reading about the dust, and while I read about it a, a few days ago, the only thing I could think of was those balloons that floated over the United States. I thought States. the same thing. I thought the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I have the story. Uh, <clears throat> this is from Fox Nine. Approximately forty-five thousand fentanyl pills were seized in a southern. Uh, Southern Minneapolis drug bust. Uh, Sheriff's office says the detectives responded to the area to intercept the suspects leading to the arrest, as well as the discovery of approximately 45,000 
fentanyl pills and a kilo of cocaine in another story. They didn't cite how many people that that could kill. But in another story out of San Francisco, a similar drug bust was found. And according to uh, the San Francisco Police Department Chief Bill Scott, the fentanyl seized could have killed the entire population of San Francisco four times over. That's how. So so you got the fentanyl. Yep. You've got the uh, mysterious balloons flying overhead that drop the magic dust. Mm -hmm. And China is trying to kill us because it would be more efficient and less costly than out-and-out warfare. Makes Pootie Poot look like a small player, doesn't it, Poot? Mm -hmm. He ain't doing any of this stuff that we know Mm -hmm. of. So here you got, uh, I had another corroborating a bit of material for you to, to strengthen your argument uh oh go back to the uh go back to the lab leak which is it's now okay to speculate a lab leak it's not confirmed but it's okay now to speculate a lab leak you got the release of the fentanyl and we don't know what these commies are doing flying their balloons around and now we got dust falling in the wind and uh in uh, virginia and uh, all over the place but I feel safe knowing we're protected by the administration we currently have. Well, because he dealt with a nurse that learned things that you just don't learn in nursing school. What are... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just did practice dust in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, are we screwed. And then you, know combined... feeling it, you know what feeling it leads to, to be entirely serious? Despair? No, it, 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 it leads to the... Uh, a very unsettled feeling about what the hell's going on. We don't know. We don't know what's around the corner, do we? No. No, we have no idea. It's really disheartening that to think that China is trying to kill us on the cheap, and then here at home, <laughs> cheap. the Democrats are trying to kill the American dream and life uh, in America as we, as, as we know it. Yep. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think we're on the wrong team for both. Uh... Boy, are we outliers. But did the fentanyl pills identify as he, him? Yes. Okay. That's all I care about. What the hell's going on? What's going I mean, on? There was a video yesterday of a guy in St. Louis who it turns out had been released from jail because of a soft DA. And he's standing behind a homeless guy. A homeless guy is sitting on a curb in a downtown St. Louis street. You can look it up for yourself. I saw it. I don't want to. And he is calmly loading a pistol. The homeless guy... Uh, to my way of thinking, was even unaware that this guy was behind him. Then the guy calmly loads his pistol, puts it at the back of the homeless guy's head, and murders him. Walks away. There's, it's you got to throw the Samer theory into your theory. People are going nuts. And they had uh, they had a fight earlier, Joe. They did. Which, yeah, police say the fight early in the morning, apparently. Uh, and later in the day, the guy decided he would shoot him at that. And I point. bet it was over something really important. Oh, I'm and sure the, it was something stupid. Yeah. And yeah. the guy, the guy had previously been uh, charged with other felonies and was released by mm-hmm. a Soros-backed DA. You, you, I've, I've gotten your hand signals plenty. I know. Fella. You can take it away. I'm only worried about our guest. <laughs> we have oh, uh, Sher- oh. Ramsey County Sheriff Bob right. Fletcher coming up at. Uh, about, Ten minutes ago. About 15 minutes. No, <laughs> no 15 minutes. Oh, okay. I should okay. <laughs> I forgot all about Fletch. So I'm like, we better take a break. <clears throat> I'm going to say to Fletch, okay, what trouble have you gotten yourself into right. now? He was quoted in that fentanyl bust. 
Yeah. I don't know why, if it was South Minneapolis. I wonder if he'd agree with you that China's trying I, to kill us. Well, let's not drag him down an alley that he doesn't need to go down. Let's right. just keep it low. He's got enough. He doesn't need our help. enough problems. <laughs> Chris, right. I think you had a different fentanyl case. Did I? <laughs> I found the Uptown one, and it's enough to kill tens of thousands of people with 1,295 fentanyl pills. Oh, this says so, 45,000. So this is from the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, Johnny. And it says yeah, this one, too. Okay. Well, that's the same one, but different info, apparently. February 10th? This is oh, this is there's February twenty no, third. Oh, Nobody okay. we can trust. There's two. Well, then, no, John Kenny. That means there's two separate. There's ones. two different busts. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is February nineteenth, John. T Tamul Golden was the person arrested in this one. This one, they arrested a gentleman by the name of Cortez Ananas yeah. Williams and two different, two different Orlando Dwayne Collin. Two different cases. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. They're trying to kill us, Joe. Well, that's even worse. Yes, it is. But there's no chance these counterfeit pills are making it into doctors' offices no. and pharmacies, right? No. This is all street drugs. Think, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's have some fun. I read about a corn farmer <laughs> in uh, Good Start. Nebraska. His leg got sucked up into some machinery, and he was alone. He had his pocket knife. Cut off his own leg. Oh. Cut off his own leg. Dragged himself to the house. How do you not bleed out? He hopped to the house. No, he dragged. He hopped to the house. Um, are Damn. we going to John here? That's bleak. Uh, oh. We can. Okay. Uh, can. Why would we? Because we got Fletch on at 45. Well, Fletch ain't going to be that long. Well, then, well, all right. It's your show. You <laughs> Well, no, I was just trying to figure out time-wise. I wonder sometimes. See, you, you give Chris a little chance to put his theories out there. Now he no, thinks it's his show. No, I'm just, just trying to accommodate my guests. Well, Chris, I've got nowhere to go today. Chris. If we go a little long, we go a little long. I've got a ton of snow to plow. We got about eight Didn't inches. snow here. Night. What? We I, got I, a we got, ton. We got an amount that I would consider a dusting, and I'm not. I'm not. Space well, I, didn't even, I didn't even get that. Yeah. It is still snowing here, and we have about two inches. So we I got nothing. Some, we're gonna I like up. it. You know. <laughs> Although I can't see that over my belly or under or something. Whatever we see would say. What are we? What are we doing? Are we just gonna do another segment? Or like, are you gonna, or, or, yeah, I'm gonna do another segment, whether you like it or not. I don't care. That's fine. I was just. <laughs> All I care is that Kenny doesn't add here. Let's go. Check it out. Rolling. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores. I can hear Biden. Yeah. yeah. Still playing on loop. <laughs> I've got news that is this news is so good. It, it's better than cheese sandwiches for everybody. Uh, it, it's from uh, Tri-State Bobcat. They're coming into spring with deals that are absolutely amazing. Just go ahead and throw that shovel away right now. Get yourself a Toro snowblower from Tri-State Bobcat. If you've been holding out for the right price, the time is right now. You're going to get sale prices on Toro Power Clear single-stage blowers and Power Max two-stage snowblowers. Blowers. You can get that shovel, throw it away, get behind a, a Toro snowblower, and have fun. It's seriously, it, snow removal, space management is a blast with a Toro snow thrower. If you're thinking about summer and a zero turn mower, 
Oh, right now, also the time, the best discounted pricing you can find on select previous model years, brand new. We're talking Time Cutter and Titan Zero Turn mowers, anywhere from 42 inch up to 60 inch, with discounts ranging from 10 to 20 percent under promo pricing. Uh, 20% is pretty significant when you when you start getting up there in dollars. There's so many snowblowers and carryover zero turns and, and new models. I mean, I've got three-page list. I can't name them all. So here's what you do. Get on the phone, get on the horn, the phone. Call any of the Tri-State Bobcat locations. First of all, tell them I'm a GLer uh, and you need a snowblower or a zero turn. Toro, they they make it all fun, whether it's lawn cutting or blowing snow. And even more good news, if you're a GLer on the southern side of the state, um, Tri-State Bobcat now owns Mankey's Outdoor Equipment in Owatonna. And since they are now part of the Tri-State family, all the pricing and promos are also available in Owatonna. Three locations in the metro, Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson. You can see everything that Tri-State carries. And boy, do they carry a lot, uh, including the Toro. Um, go to their website, tristatebobcat.com. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot came in third place Monday in the mayoral election and did not make the runoff in mm-hmm. April. She's out. And Done. she uh, displays no character whatsoever. She really never has. Uh, she said, well, the only reason I'm out is because I'm a black female. Uh, no, uh, Lori, you're an incompetent fool. And uh, Chicago's crime problem became a theme of the election, and you were fated to lose. Now, she'll be a real test of my theory. Uh, yeah, get out of my head. That was my first. I was waiting for you to finish. I was going to ask that question. She'll be a real test of my theory that with each succeeding election, you re- you you regret the predecessor or you miss the yes. predecessor. Uh, because the the two guys who survived and will be in the runoff are Chicago Public Schools CEO oh. and City Budget Director Paul Vallis against Cook County Board of Commissioners member Brandon Johnson. Now, I don't know about those two. Are they guys that are running because they've just had enough? But if this and- clown who is the superintendent of the St. Paul schools ran for mayor, I wouldn't get my vote. <laughs> So uh, here you've got the Chicago Public Schools CEO and city budget director. Doesn't that seem like two major tasks? Yeah. I, I wonder why they're combined in that manner. Chicago Public Schools CEO and city budget director Paul Vallis against Cook County Board of Commissioners member Brandon Johnson. And uh, Light, Lightfoot's reign has been marked by her poor relationship with the city's police department. And uh, she faced challenges from eight candidates, but she failed to make the runoff because she finished third. Uh, No candidate surpassed the 50% threshold. Uh, After the mayor's defeat, critics wasted no time in expressing their pleasure uh, that Chicago will soon have new leadership, touching primarily on the city's crime wave, Uh, Gino Caldwell, a Fox News political analyst whose brother was killed in Chicago last summer, wrote that Lori Lightfoot experiment is officially over. Thank you, Chicago. Uh, And we we also learned that uh, many people were weighing in this on this on Twitter, but I don't read Twitter comments. 
So, uh, Kaylee McEnany, wonder if that's a relation to our local McEnany. Kaylee mm-hmm. McEnany, co-host of Fox News, outnumbered show, highlighted remarks she made around, called Lightfoot the derelict mayor of Chicago for her handling of Chicago's crime wave and suggested the Democrats seek federal assurances to secure the city. Lightfoot uh, responded on Twitter at the time by telling McEnany, hey, Karen, watch your mouth. So she thought McEnany was a Karen, which has become a name for, what, a busybody? Hmm. Uh, it's it's great uh, that Lightfoot is gone, but we don't know uh, about the uh, two who survived. Uh, contributor editor at The Spectator, Stephen L. Miller, wrote, perhaps Lori Lightfoot would have won if thousands of her voters had not been shot. Whoa. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> She's the first Chicago mayor in 40 years to lose re-election. That's how bad that city is. I would not want to live there. And I was uh, speaking to some people in the Windy City, and they were they were grateful that this developed. They uh, She was uh, terribly unliked and apparently is terribly unlikable. And she is saying that uh, she's trying to play the race card. It's too late. Uh, but uh, people like her play the race card because they have no personal integrity or character. And she was a complete failure. And now we, Chicago moves on. Uh, to what end? I have no idea. It's going to test the theory. Right. My God, I hope I hope the theory that gets tested is, I hope it doesn't come true this time. I'll tell you one one thing, Joe, you may not have noticed about the one fellow, which may make it a bad deal, Brandon Johnson. Yeah. uh, He's also listed as an an organizer, as a uh, Mm. community uh, organizer. All right. Yeah, he's Brandon Johnson. Uh, He's a Chicago Teachers Union organizer, a community organizer. Oh, so he's as corrupt as Brandon Johnson. Yeah, so I, I, you know, he's the one. Well, he's, that came he's a, on the member. He's a member of the Cook County Board of Commissioners. Yes, and Chicago Teachers Union organizer. Who was the last good mayor they had? Who was the best cheater? Uh, okay, who was? <laughs> well, it wasn't the daily. That. It wasn't the daily regime. Although under the dailies, the city ran right. well. Uh, Maybe I should rephrase it. When was the last time they had a mayor that wasn't a crook? Well, well, you might have to go. Yeah, you're going back Eighteen hundreds. <laughs> we have uh, spoken about the DFL locally, uh, ramming through every dream they've had, mm-hmm. as long as they're happy. Two month anniversary to the new regime. Yes, <laughs> we now have uh, a Democratic Minnesota legislator named Heather Keeler. She's a uh, DFLer from uh, what area is she from? I believe she's DFL Moorhead. And she is saying that uh, it is genocide for white Christians to adopt Native American children. Uh, I'm sick of white Christians adopting our babies and rejoicing. It's a really sad day when that happens. It means the genocide continues. Representative Heather Keeler DFL Moorhead said on Facebook, if you care about our babies, advocate against the genocidal help, uh, the actual issues impacting indigenous parents. Stop stealing 
our babies and changing their names under the impression that you are helping. And she ended her post with white saviors are the worst. Wow. Yeah. Uh, does she have any proof that, that these uh, children are being adopted and then killed? I don't Because think that's so. what she makes it sound like. And then she also uh, con- uh, concludes her post by saying, I said what I said. Oh. Keeler is the lead author of a bill to incorporate provisions of the federal Indian Child Welfare Act into state law. The U.S. Supreme Court is expected to issue a ruling this spring on a case that challenges the constitutionality of the Indian Child Welfare Act. Keeler's bill seeks to modify the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act with provisions from the ICWA. According to the Bureau of Indian Affairs, ICWA recognizes tribal jurisdictions over decisions for their Indian children in state child custody proceedings. It also establishes minimum federal standards for the removal of Indian children from their families. Uh, Well, I would say this, that uh, Keeler knows more about this than I do. Uh, I'm unaware of uh, this being a problem. I didn't know that white Christians uh, adopting uh, Indian children was a problem. Is she implying that they're going on the reservations and adopting these babies from, you know, maybe mothers that weren't ready yet or whatever the case I think I can help you. Representative Alicia Kozlowski, a DFLer from Duluth and co-sponsor of Keeler's bill, said the legislation would codify ICWA into state law. ICWA, again, is the Federal Indian Child Welfare Act. Uh, Throughout history, according to Kozlowski from Duluth, the United States and Minnesota have carried out intentional and horrific methods of removal and disconnection of our Native children from their families and their culture, Kozlowski said during a recent hearing on the bill, which is House File 1071. In Minnesota, American Indian children are 16.4% more likely than white children to be placed out of the home, according to Kozlowski. Hmm. Uh, The bill would place the following language into state law. The state of Minnesota recognizes all federally recognized Indian tribes as having the inherent authority to determine their own jurisdiction for any and all Indian child custody or child placement proceedings, regardless of whether the tribe's members are on or off the reservation and regardless of the procedural posture of the proceeding. Raising our next generation and keeping them in our indigenous families is essential to preserving our culture, language, traditions, and way of life, Keeler said in a press conference after the hearing. Okay. The uh, more ICW- about it than I do. The ICWA was originally passed in 1978 mm-hmm. in response to compelling evidence of the high number of Indian children that were being removed from their families by public and private agencies and placed in non-Indian families. Mm-hmm. So it's been around sir, 40 years. And I, I, I don't know why uh, a white family would uh, deprive an Indian child of the child's natural upbringing. I'm always under the assumption that adoptions occur because a child has either been abandoned or doesn't right. have parents mm-hmm. or or what have you. Uh, if, in fact, there are uh, Americans who uh, have the propensity to go onto a reservation and take a child, I, I, I certainly think Keeler probably has some point that she's trying to 
to make here, leave us alone. You're not supposed to do that. Well, I think your tribal members and your tribal council are the ones that are going to determine whether a, a, a white person can come in. And I mean, they've got, they're sovereign. They're I'm, s- I'm on a pretty sturdy limb here. I think genocide's a strong word. I think so. Yeah. But is it in reference to the families that do the adopting or the group that takes away the parental rights? She doesn't make that distinction, does she? Yeah, and I don't know the process for adopting a Native child. But she did get her, she got her licks in. She yeah. got her licks in condemning but white people. She's not she's not making it clear what, yeah, what right. she's talking about. She right. just, ta- she, she makes it sound like white people that want to adopt are evil. That's what she makes it sound like. Yes. God bless. Thank you. Uh, this is the first day of meteorological spring. I need it warmer than this to drive my Yamaha scooter currently in storage at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Perhaps yours is too. They not only store it, they tend the battery, tune it up, change the oil. And in my case, change the coolant. I can't wait to get it back. Tim Bloom will deliver it once the weather turns. And I can't recommend highly enough that you visit EcoFund Motorsports in either Forest Lake or Burnsville. Great selection of all those scooters that turn urban errands into adventures, electric bicycles, youth recreational equipment, those cool golf carts that I saw and sat in during the the uh, golf show. I, I really, really have a keen interest in, in acquiring one of those golf carts. And... Uh, Great apparel. They got the helmets. They got the great service. The brand new EcoFun opened just this past summer on Highway 97, just west of 35, up in the Forest Lake area and down in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42. Did I make a mistake? Nope. Oh, no. you were grinning there, and I thought, oh, I made a, 59. I made an error. Just, <laughs> just uh, and go to their Aside website. Aside from Reavers, you're talking too slow now. It's very cool. <laughs> go to ecofunmotorsports.com. <laughs> was that long? No, I was just. But that is funny. All right, you ready? You, you know, it's pretty good for no copy. Well, Rook, uh, will you write down his number for me, please? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll just tell him to call now again. Well, because um, Kenny's got to do an ad. Oh, okay. Then I will. Um, info. All right. Sorry. That's right. I could have done that. Sorry. All right. You ready, Ken? Is this inside the break? No. I'm going to bump back right now. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm rolling. Here's a guy that forgot to play a liner. Here's a man who's not the most interesting person in the world, Joe Suchere. Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe is still celebrating President's Day, uh, and his sale, his President's Day sale, is running through March 14th. You can save up to $400 on select Liberty safes. Now, listen to these options. Uh, There's a couple of Centurion 24s with 40-minute fire protection. They're on the list. The USA series with level three security and a one-hour fire rating. Yep, they're on the on sale. The Colonial series, level four security, 75-minute fire protection. They're on sale. The Fat Boy, level five, 110 minutes. And the big one, the Lincoln series with a level seven security rating and a two-hour fire protection rate. 
also on sale. Save up to $400 through March 14th. The Liberty Safe lineup, of course, as we all know, the best money can buy, made right here in the United States of America. Transferable lifetime warranties, and thanks to Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe, professional delivery and installation always available, and as adults, that's what we do. Stop in, say hi to Rich, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and check out the entire lineup. Uh, By the way, you can also see them on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. We're joined by Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, who's been in the news lately. Bob is often in the news. I'm sure he's a bit unhappy by this time being in the news. How are you? Good, but never unhappy. Actually, you used to to put me in the news once in a while, Joe. I have for years. (laughs) You, uh, Thank you. You, uh, you fight crime, and I get the sense that members of the Ramsey County Board uh, take issue with some of your positions. Is that accurate? Well, the public is the driving force here. I mean, the homicide rate was at a record last year. Carjackings were at a record the year before. We have uh, shoot, stabbings and shootings at our schools. I mean, it really is our job to respond to the public concerns regarding crime. Right. You know, we, we try to do that. We, we have several initiatives, but unfortunately, some elected officials still would prefer to defund law enforcement and not recognize the importance of it. And, you know, they're behind the times. They're, they're three to four years back, and the public is responding with a demand that we do something to make them safer. Explain the letter you wrote to the board for us. Well, we've been asking for additional resources to fight crime for the past three years and been turned down uh, every time. And uh, not only that, our budget was cut. And unilaterally, they decided that uh, we're going to cut $2 million from your budget. The theory was that, you know, everyone was suffering under COVID, and so they unilaterally cut us the same as others, but one of the cuts was a vacancy factor where they said every department has to have 4% of their personnel costs cut. But unfortunately for us, we can't leave positions vacant. Right. We have to fill them with overtime because we're a 24-hour operation, both in the jail and on the street, and that was a $1.2 million cut. So they put us at a big disadvantage, and at some point, and I've been, Joe, you know I've been at this. I've been, this is in my career since 1977, mm-hmm. I can't just sit back and watch us have our hands tied when it comes to fighting crime. I wonder if the Ramsey County Board cut 4%. Well, they've added several oh. administrators. If you look at the number of bodies they've added. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Spread out. Huh? Yeah, there you go. They've had, In the county manager's office, which someday you and I will have a meeting in a Talk about the county manager's office expansion because it's just exploded over the last two years. Where do they get the budget for it, Sheriff? I don't know. I don't. I mean, they are, they're in charge of all the shells over there, so it's a shell game, and uh, they're able to, you know, take money from one and give it to their administration. Wow. Well, because you neglected to include a few people in your letter, they're pl- those people that got excluded. They're playing the race card, for God's sakes. Well, and I, funny, I'm glad you raised that issue. It wasn't actually the people that got excluded that were playing that card. What happened was there's two brand-new commissioners. Uh, they just started in January, and 
Um, I, I didn't think it was fair or kind for me to include them in my letter talking about the past four years. Mm-hmm. If I had if I had included them, they would have said, "Well, I wasn't here. How can you, how can you really blame me?" And they would have been right. So I did not include the two brand new members, and I didn't include Rafael Ortega because Rafael has always dealt with us in a professional way and listens to our concerns, and he's been a supporter of law enforcement. The other four are the ones that have collectively. Uh, you know, cut our budget and really, you know, set us up for failure is in regards to the jail overcrowding as well, which we brought that issue of jail overcrowding to them five times last year. For a public safety standpoint, where does, where does the city stand right now over the length of your career? Yeah. Well, if you just look at the numbers, we're clearly on the homicide numbers. We're, uh, we're at the highest we've ever been. Now, having said that, we've curtailed the carjackings on this side of the river substantially. We've had a focused effort, you know, with our CAT team, our carjacking team. So uh, compared to Minneapolis, there really is no comparison. What happens is Minneapolis is down 300 officers Mm -hmm. desperately trying to catch up, and their crime rates are still high. Every week there's several carjackings in minneapolis most of the offenders know that they're better off going over to minneapolis than they are here but that that really isn't any solace for us st paulites because eventually the problems in minneapolis will extend to the whole metro area and they are so here's the thing i know about crime and i've been doing this for a while the 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 demographics in terms of the number of of people in the most frequent age group to commit crime. Really, you're talking about 16 to 25. Mm-hmm. As, as baby boomers and go through these different phases, that drives the actual numbers of crime. Um, but there's a variety of other factors that are troublesome. I mean, with poverty, lack of education um, are, are huge. Uh, school safety, the uh, politics of school safety, and you know that uh, I'm a big supporter of having school resource officers in the schools. I'm not saying we don't need more counselors. I'm not saying that we don't need more uh, social workers and mental health therapists. We need it all. School ought to be the one place that we can assure some safety. And if, if you remember back a couple of years ago, Joe, the Highland Villager down in your neighborhood, there uh, did a wrote a story and surveyed all the principals and the students and 94% of 11th grade students said they would prefer to have SROs, school resource officers in the schools. And of course there was a big meeting last night. You probably saw in the news. I did. People talking about that. And we, it isn't that we have to choose between one or the other. We should do everything that can help our kids feel comfortable in school. Well, Harding sounds like it's run like a Salvadoran prison. Uh, it just sounds horrific. And a lot of that blame's got to go back to these kids are just getting lousy parenting. Well, um, You don't have to say that. I'll be glad to see well, it. Well, no, no. Parenting is always an issue. It's a driving. It's an early issue. It's upstream. But, uh, you know, nobody disputes that. The education and the ability to read affects a child's um, self-esteem and how they do in school. But I don't really think it is constructive to engage in the parent debate mm-hmm. because we got what we got and we should try to help the kids once they're in school in any way that we can. 
And, you know, to be frank, there's things that we can do better throughout the educational system. Um, but talk about Harding, you know, the bathrooms should never be exclusion, exclusionary zones where some kids aren't allowed in because they're controlled by others. Yeah. Hallways shouldn't be walked uh, nonstop without kids going to school. Someone should enforce the fact you need to go to a class. So there's a variety of things that have been talked about. The teachers have alerted the administration to them, and I'm hoping we're going to see some improvement. Actually, the superintendent indicated last week they were going to make some changes there. But, um, you know, there's, this is a big job. This is a big job helping kids succeed, which should be all of our goals, helping kids succeed. And right now, in addition to what's happening in the schools, we have two groups of kids in St. Paul, two groups that have been shooting at each other since last October. Mm-hmm. And I won't mention them by name because they, they like hearing their, their group name. All right. But, but I have to tell you, they're 14 to 16, 17 years old. They are on social media daily threatening each other, showing guns. And uh, every so often something happens. Antoine Watson was killed in an alley on the east side last October. Right. That uh, suspect in that is in custody in the juvenile detention center. Um, that has evolved into a series of other threats and shootings. You know, you, you saw the ox carts that got, that got, uh, yeah. the car drove through there. That was two cars shooting at each other. And, right. And the occupants of that car were friends of the deceased from Harding. Right. Sheriff. And then, a, go ahead. I, I don't want to, I don't, excuse me for interrupting you, but yeah. when are they going to change that? So that kid's in juvenile detention. 14 to 16, when are they going to lower this 18? These kids are growing up so early that a 14-year-old has a presence, how to use a gun of it poorly or drive a car. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not sure what needs to change first. Um, Clearly, a child can be certified at age 16 or less than that if if the court can demonstrate a reason for that. But for me, that isn't the place to start. The place to start is holding kids accountable in some form of juvenile detention facility for three to six months um, where they can get treatment for their addiction, for their mental health, uh, for all the social issues that they have, get away from their other group. We need, we need facilities that can hold kids for three to six months locally here where we can service them with uh, other people from the community. And the closing of Totem Town by the Ramsey County Board in 2019 hurt that effort. Now, we have a bill. We have a bill in front of the legislature. Actually, uh, Pat Connolly's wife, you've probably heard of him, and I know your relatives had a, had a terrible situation, Joe, too. Same thing. His wife was carjacked. And they almost took their child, their small child with them. He's been the leader to help us get this bill to where it will probably be passed, where we have we have five to seven secure houses. Yep. Kids can't get out of it. They can get long-term treatment for um, their issues. And we, we don't have the alternatives available since Boys Totatom closed down to actually treat treat kids in a way to help them succeed. And that has to be one of our top priorities. 
I agree, and I've talked to Conley uh, about this, and it, and Troy's on board, and you're on board. It sounds like this could happen. I think it will. I think it will, and, you know, it's unfortunate that enough people have to be victims of a carjacking in order for it to happen. It would be nice if we could think a little further ahead on public policy regarding crime and get ahead of this in the future. Go back to school resource officers for a moment. You have a a very weak school board. They even have on board a a member who tried to start her own race incident, Chantel something. Uh, You've just got some really bad people on the school board. They took the school resource officers out. Would a school resource officer have prevented what happened at Harding? Yes. A school resource officer in that school would have been able to intervene and neutralize that fight before the knife was drawn. And it's just a very, very difficult situation for a staff member or a principal or a counselor, even an unarmed security guard, to confront a fight where there may be a weapon. Right. They, should, they shouldn't have to do that. And the officers are trained. They have body armor. They have several other they have a taser they have mace there's other things plus the mere presence of an officer there would make it less likely that that fight would start so yes i believe that the school resource officer was there instead of a staff member um devin scott would not be dead well the other thing and i believe you were the one who said it what we've learned is that one of the ways the saint paul public schools is such a miserable failure is that they're taking troublesome kids and they're just moving them from school to school. And I think it was you who uh, said cops would have known that uh, young Devon just arrived at Harding. They would have known some background and they would have had their eyes out. Is that correct? That's a hundred percent true. School resource officers have access to the information that can help them. And, you know, I worked with Devon for a year and a half trying to help him choose the right course. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no question. The other thing about school resource officers is, is they're mentors, they're role models. Many kids have come into law enforcement because they had a good relationship with the school resource officer. Mm -hmm. There's someone people can go to. I just, I just think the sad part is, you know, school board member Chantelle Allen, who you're referring to in her Facebook post, she concluded by saying SROs. School resource officers are still killer cops. Well, she's a oh. miserable fool who shouldn't even have been elected. Well, I've, I've dealt with miserable elected officials before, and some would say maybe still am. However, they knew not to not to utter words like SROs are still killer cops. Right. Yeah. There's, there should be a line there. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff, it's Kenny. I was uh, referring to this piece uh, that was in the St. Paul paper over the weekend. I was stunned to learn, uh, and I think the figure was 30 to 40 or more students walking the halls during class. Would a school resource officer also bring that to an end? Well, I think I think they could certainly help. That policy would still be set by the principal, and they could determine what their policy was going to be. I mean, I go back to the days that we had a truancy center, an alternative place that kids were taken to when they refused to go to class back mm-hmm. in, the, in the late 90s. There are a lot of alternatives 
that are available to get kids out of the hall. It might just be tell them you have to leave. And by the way, your parents are going to be told, they're going to be knocking on the door from a truancy officer telling them that you refuse to go to class. So that, that could be monitored. The thing about that story, and Josh Burgess did an amazing story. That might have been the finest piece of reporting that I've seen in 15 years. I say it's I the have, most important story that we've ever run. I think it is. And I've, and I've, you and I have been around for a while. I think that was an amazing story and uh, I got to give him credit. Um, but the, uh, one of the parts of that story, besides all the teacher input, we, schools should be for the kids that want to learn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we can't let the one to 3% of the kids that don't want to learn stop the other ones from learning. Mm-hmm. And so once we get our mind wrapped around the small numbers, and Joe, let me just say that when I talk about kids that need to be held, I'm talking about a small number in Ramsey County. We're talking 30 to 50 kids, Mm -hmm. 30 to 50 kids out of literally thousands and thousands of children in Ramsey County, 30 to 50 that need accountability, but because the system does not hold them accountable, they continue to victimize and cause problems for the rest of us. But to me, one of the most amazing aspects of that Harding story was the idea that teachers fear recrimination if they report problems. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. And uh, But it's obviously felt by a lot of people. I don't know if you if you remember Roy Magnuson. Roy Magnuson was a teacher at Como. Yeah. And, and uh, 20 years, well, 15 years ago, he tried to alert the school district to this problem, right. this growing problem of behavior. Really, it's a behavior issue of misbehavior and poor behavior and unwillingness to listen to principals and no structure in the schools to deal with misbehavior. And a lot of people that they weren't happy with them now are saying, you were right, Roy, we should have listened to you 15 years ago. What's happening again? They're not listening to the teachers at Harding. Just let's just take Harding. They're not being listened to, and this was the end result: was a murder in your school. Right. Well, and it won't be the last one unless they get serious. Uh, the things are escalating amongst these young kids and guns, and sadly, because there there are enough out there carrying guns, now more are resorting to carrying guns, and of course, using their using that their protection line as the reason they're carrying guns. But I'll tell you what, I will say this. I met uh, Monday night and yes, and today again with Mickey Frost up at the Truth Center. Mm-hmm. And Mickey pulled together 50, 50 leaders in the black community that are just ready to go and go out and work with these kids. And Mickey, hopefully Mickey has gotten the contract now to go into school and be a de-escalator, a communicator, and working with these kids. And um, I got to tell you, that that's our best hope. Our best hope is to have community leaders say, I want to go into the school and help neutralize these conflicts, talk to these kids, become a role model for them, take them to ball games, take them to, to do different activities. And, you know, if, if people really want to lick this problem, it's an hour and a half a week of volunteer time helping our children succeed okay you just brought up you sheriff you just brought up something i wanted to raise but i was afraid to because i thought it came from a naive position it seems to me what these kids lack is hope 
And it, it seems that they're probably too cynical to get hope or inspiration from the people that are already there. And I'm thinking that program is exactly what these kids need. They need hope. Uh, they need to see that there is life beyond this and that they can make untold millions if they want, if if they just ignore the, the criminal life. Am I being stupid or is that true? Nope, nope. You're not. You're right. They they need hope and an inspiration as a way. But I was I would say I use the other word. They need something to aspire to achieve. Right. You know, they need exposure to role models and and different jobs and stuff so that they can figure out that they have their aspirational endeavors can be achieved. And we need volunteers to help in that. And um, you know, people want to. If people want to, uh, you can get a hold of me on Facebook. Send me your send a message via Facebook to my personal page or to the Live on Patrol page, and you know we're going to start collecting volunteers that can work with these kids, um, the most troubled kids. I appreciate it, sir. You know, let's talk um, again. There is hope. All how's, right. How's Live on there Patrol going? Live on Patrol is going great. We got Under Sheriff Mike Martin on Mondays, the CAD team on Wednesdays, and yours truly and Pat on Friday night. All right. And of course, Nick at night, late at night. Yeah. We'd love to have you guys join us. Stay away from my house. All you're going to do is bring trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I never tell him your address. He's over there on Main. He's up there on Main. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Bob Fletcher is the. Sheriff of Ramsey County, and he, unlike the, a lot of the people he has to work for, he takes crime very seriously. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Why don't you take a break, and we'll return with John Height. You know who else takes their job very seriously? The people Rookie. at the water company. I do. Rookie, Rookie. does. Yeah. Rookie. <laughs> also, Linda <laughs> Keller and Keller Tax oh, yeah. Service. Does she take it seriously? Guess who's oh. made the switch already? You. And? Kenny. Kenneth, Kenneth Allen. Yeah, right. I'm going to run over there and drop my stuff off. You know yeah. what we have? Kenny, yep. we have a guy. Except a guy. Is well, a girl can be a, a guy. guy. Right, exactly. So Linda Keller, diehard GLer, she's been doing tax preparation for over 20 years, and she also prepares all types of returns for all types of professions and businesses. She has also perfected the virtual tax appointment via video or phone, and it's safe document exchange, both encrypted and secure. It's the confidence of a professional with the convenience of maybe staying right at home. She also has competitive pricing to do-it-yourself software. So the flat fee includes state income tax return, e-filing of all returns, and direct deposit of any and all refunds. Here's how you can book your appointment today. Call 320 320- Three five two zero zero one three, or visit her website kellertaxservice.com 320-352-0013 or kellertaxservice.com don't wait until the last minute get that appointment booked today and please let linda know you heard about her here on the garage logic podcast John, that was your best newscast ever. It took me hours to write, like I said. Well, that worked out pretty well. Well, it sounds like he's the one that could possibly get something done. He will. This Conley, you know this Conley guy? Yeah, Cons. I've known he was uh, he was buddies with Matt and Maria, so well, I've known him for 
high since high What's school. What's he do? He must have a few bucks. Uh, he does all right. He's they... putting his money where his mouth is because he's helping to bring back the totem town concept. Yeah, he's the kid falling. that hit his wife. One of the kids is fourteen. Right. Yeah. It's really a. Um... Um, are we going to John or are we yeah. wrapping her up? No, okay. we're, we're not wrapping it up. I, that's why I'm asking. Got a lot to do. Got a lot on my mind. Got a lot on my mind. Got a lot on my mind. Brooke. Alan. 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 I just want you to know I was listening to every word of that interview and not watching baseball. I think you're What's lying. the score? Yeah, I tried to get your attention know. the whole time. Yeah, Chris. Kenny, the I could see Kenny doing this. waving like a flag. In fact, man rookie here. had to point out Ryan Jeffers' home run because I wasn't I watching right. the television. You weren't watching. Well, then you do know the score. Uh, Cons does um, public affairs. Well, that's neither here nor there. I was just <laughs> curious. Very well connected St. Paul guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he works with one of our best moles. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, Is he slick? They got a place downtown St. Paul. And we, his nickname was um, Single Guy. Nativity Guy? Because we thought he was never going to get married. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, TV Guy. Cretan Guy? Cretan Guy. I don't know where, Cons, I don't know where he went to Cretan. Well, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's giving it an effort. Are you ready there, Ray? What am I doing? Ray. Oh. Ray, Ray. Walter. And heating. For your shelter. R-A-Y. <clears throat> it's springtime. It's nautical springtime. Let's go. What's no, that nautical springtime? Nautical? What did I say? Nautical. Nautical. No, it's, it's meteorological. Meteorological springtime. <laughs> it's nautical sunset. I'm ready when no, you are. Nautical no. noodles or whatever it was. Remember the nautical noodles? Noodles. Yeah. Nautical naturals. Nautical nat dog hey, balls. Dog, yeah. What does this button do? <laughs> Good one, Chris. Thank you. He doesn't have nautical naturals. <laughs> this guy He's got many hats. Just not <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about pairing things up like your heating unit and finding someone that can work on it and have a lot your of heating history. unit. Your heating unit. unit. If, that goes. if your unit gets heated up, we don't want that. And you need it to cool down. Yeah, cool call, down that call unit. Yes. <laughs> Welterheating.com. Ray wants all his money back. No, they, uh -huh. no, they told me have fun with the ads. Don't sit and talk about a a train filter or <laughs> something for one minute. We don't care about that. We want people to know that at Ray and Welter Heating, they are garage logicians. They've been around over a century. Remember, you're seeing all sorts of ads where people pop up with the funny jingle and they've been in business for five, 10 years. I'm going to trust Ray and Welter Heating because they've been around for four generations in Minneapolis for 100 years. Their phone number is 612-825-6867. And whether it's heating, cooling, air purification, they serve the entire metro area. Go to their website and po poke around. You'll find that you might even learn something. All you need to do is call 612-825-6867 or go to their website, welterheating.com. Schedule an appointment. Maybe there's nothing wrong with your heating unit right now, and you want to just have them come out and check it out? Well, it's springtime, almost springtime right now. <laughs> Not too early to think about that air conditioning unit as well. 612-825-6867. All they want you to do is remember the name and call them if you have a problem. It's welterheating.com. Uh, air condition your shelter with Ray and Welter. Uh -huh. And John, uh, do you know that tonight, yeah. uh -huh. uh, Thanks, Welter. Jupiter and Venus have a uh, conjunction junction. 
I did not know that. Mm. Boy, they've been bright lately, right next to each other. Jordan thinks been, I yeah. won't see it. He says, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Yeah. It's a Venus and Jupiter tonight in a stunning planetary conjunction. And mm. Most likely, you're not going to be able to see Uranus. Probably not. It's very cloudy and and all that. Here's John Hyde. Need a mirror. Very flexible. Yeah. Honestly, God. Thanks for that. Thanks for that classy intro, fellas. Hey, uh, Joe, can you take a selfie for me? Uh, what's going on down there? <laughs> uh, before I get to news, I must affirm something. Mr. Reavers said earlier. He was correct. The uh, ex-president Donald Trump did float the idea. It came from a lab, and of course. Uh, got a lot of clap back feedback. Yes. And at that point, that's when he started, you know, he backed off and said, okay, well, China's doing what they can to help us. Blah, 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 blah. Don't yeah, say but blah, blah, now blah, it's yeah. okay to say what Trump said. But now it's okay to say that. Yes. And grain of salt. I had to, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you looked at it. I had to look it up. Uh, yeah. some of the other staff jumped to that, John. The, <laughs> the origins aren't well, 100% clear, but some think it originated in ancient times, specifically 77 AD from Pliny the Elder. Oh, Pliny, yeah. Pliny. Isn't there a beer called Pliny the Elder, I which is supposed is. to be fabulous? Yeah. yeah. I'll never know now, but I mean, neither uh, will I. <laughs> it, uh, it's believed he used the phrase when translating an antidote for poison, saying to take it with a grain of salt. Oh. And others think it just came into the mainstream of the 20th century when people said, don't worry about it, take it with a grain of salt. So. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Okay. Thank so you. So we, we don't really know. No, we really don't. I did have that up here. I just didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. I will show you that. Great You did not. I did too. I swear you, on your mother's grave. Oh, don't do that. Oh, yeah, please. In other news, more than 200 people filed into the auditorium at Washington Technology Magnet School last night to speak out about school safety issues in front of the St. Paul School Board. They came to express concerns and suggestions after the recent stabbing death of 15-year-old Devin Scott at Harding High School. A man who said he was Scott's cousin offered an opinion saying, we cannot get him back, but we can save her kid, her kid, and his kid, he said, pointing around to the audience. One unidentified St. Paul public school teacher told the audience her elementary children, school children have not escaped the violence or the trauma. She said, as an elementary educator, I worry deeply about our students' future. Another middle school teacher who was not identified said her students were also facing serious challenges. SPPS superintendent Dr. Joe Gothard and the entire SPPS school board listened for more than two hours, but didn't take any formal action. The school board should be disbanded. They are, they are not competent. They are not wise. They are driven by activism. They are driven by cliches. They have contributed to the complete failure of the academy. But again, it's it's not like they're the coach of an NFL team. If they don't succeed, they get fired, right? A coach does. Yeah, these people. These people, they, 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 it doesn't matter. There's well, no accountability. More good, decent people have to run for the school board. Yeah, well, it goes for pretty much every government. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, yeah. every, yeah. Just to, <laughs> do your do, do your jobs, right? I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's important. Yeah, you serve us. You don't rule over us. That's the problem. One of the two men who were charged and convicted for their roles in a deadly shooting outside of a Richfield school last year was sentenced yesterday. The judge ordered, uh, or I'm sorry, this morning sentenced. A judge ordered 19-year-old Fernando Valdez Alvarez to spend more than 23 years behind bars. You might remember that shooting. It killed 15-year-old Jamari Rice outside the South Education Center just over a year ago. Two others, a 17- and 19-year-old, survived the shooting. 
Valdez Alvarez pleaded guilty to one count of second-degree murder and first-degree assault. That plea was entered just weeks before a jury trial was scheduled to begin. Alfredo Rosario Salas, the other man who was charged and convicted in the shooting, was sentenced in January to serve 36 months in prison for second-degree assault. Valdez Alvarez received credit for 394 days he's already served. The man who was found guilty of killing Minneapolis North High School student Deshaun Hill Jr. has now been sentenced to spend years in prison. Last month, a jury convicted 30-year-old Cody Forencam of second-degree murder after Hill's death last year. Hennepin County Judge Julie Allen yesterday sentenced Forencam to 463 months or 38 and a half years in prison. He must spend two-thirds of that sentence behind bars. Hill was walking home from school on February 9, 2022, when he was shot and killed. Prosecutors say Hill and Foreign Cam brushed shoulders while walking past each other, and that's when Foreign Cam turned around and shot Hill and ran away. You don't get to shoot somebody for brushing shoulders. No. Whatever Republic- happened to? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, excuse trying to get me. By. Yeah, excuse trying me. to get by here. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Republicans in the Minnesota legislature presented their plan for at least part of Minnesota's budget surplus yesterday. House and Senate GOP leaders unveiled their tax relief plan, which they've dubbed the Give It Back plan, that includes permanent tax cuts for the elderly, property owners, and parents. The plan outlines using $5 billion of the state surplus for one-time rebate checks and $3.5 billion for one-time child tax credits over two years. The plan calls for the checks to be worth $1,250 for single filers and $2,500 for joint filers. Additionally, Republicans are continuing to push for a rollback of Social Security taxes. Republicans hope to eliminate the tax on Social Security, which they say would provide almost half a million Minnesotans with an average tax reduction of $1,277. Republicans didn't voice much support for a rebate back in the last session, but they now say it's time to uh, time to give the permanent tax cuts. All Republicans are in the minority in both chambers, meaning their proposals won't be approved without support from at least some DFL lawmakers. Caucus leaders said some DFL lawmakers also ran for office on promises of tax relief, specifically on Social Security benefits. Star Tribune reporting two men are charged in what investigators think is a bias-motivated assault after a transgender woman suffered critical injuries during an attack at Minneapolis Light Rail Station Monday morning that left her hospitalized with critical injuries. Metro Transit Police responded to the Lake Street Light Rail Station about 9.45 in the morning after a 911 caller advised dispatch that the victim was lying on the floor of the lower level North Tower with, in that person's words, visible brain matter on the ground. That's not good. Surveillance cameras at the station captured images of three men beating her and pushing her downstairs. Paramedics got there to find the woman largely unresponsive, badly bruised, and bleeding from serious head trauma. Authorities tracked two of the three suspects, the 23-year-old Kevin York Jr. of St. Paul and 19-year-old Keaton Morris of Minneapolis were each charged in Hennepin County District Court yesterday with aggravated assault and third-degree assault, both felonies. They remain jailed. Morris is named on Metro Transit's trespass list for using narcotics inside the Lake Street Light Rail Station. York has a previous third-degree assault conviction from 2021. John, your news today is of a dystopian nature. Yes, it is. uh, Reavers, uh, China doesn't have to kill us. We're going to do it to ourselves. Okay. I uh, seem to be. I made that very same statement to someone roaming around my house as I was writing it. Really? uh, This is a dour look at what's going on here. It really is. Yep. 
Uh, as you said earlier, Joe, Lori Lightfoot became a one-term mayor for the city of Chicago yesterday. With Good, nearly heck of a run. With nearly 99% of the precincts reporting, she finished third in Tuesday's election. The runoff will now feature former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis, who won 33.77%, and Cook County Commissioner and Chicago Teachers Union organizer Brandon Johnson, who wound up with 20.29%. Uh, that'll happen April 4th, the runoff, to decide Nobody who wants to run, do they? The mayor. No, um, just continue to with, get candidates from the who are already entrenched in the public class. Mm -hmm. A passenger train and a freight train collided late Tuesday in central Greece, killing at least 36 people and leading to the arrest of a station master. The crash, which also injured 85 people, occurred shortly before midnight in the Tempe Valley in central Greece. The at least 66 of those injured were still hospitalized as of this morning. The passenger train was traveling from the capital, Athens, to Thessaloniki, Greece's second, uh, Greece, excuse me, Greece's second largest city. Bureau of Criminal Apprehension's Minnesota Fusion Center is investigating a number of fake school shooting calls made in recent days. According to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, eight hoax calls, also known as swatting calls, were made in a span of two days to Minnesota 911 call centers. It appears all the calls came from the same person who used voice over IP to conduct calls. The FBI defined swatting as a form of harassment meant to deceive emergency service providers into sending police and other first responders to another address under false pretenses. In all of 2022, 27 fake school shooting calls were reported in Minnesota. 17, you might remember, happened all at once in September. Sanibel Jim, uh, talk about timing. He sold on Sanibel before Ian hit. Okay. Oh, and he's yeah. now in uh, Cape Coral. He's not suffering. Uh, but he's noting that the defeat of uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, as with all socialist-run cities, this incompetent Democrat was one of the worst. But after hearing so many disastrous accounts by my Chicago Police Department buddies of what she did to their department, I am not sure they can recover in our lifetime. Well, you're burying yeah. the lead. Wait a minute. So is Sanibel Jim now Cape Coral Jim? No, I think he's renting now. Oh, okay. Just a little vacation. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Despite higher prices, consumers are still spending, although not as much as they were a year ago. As of January, 60% of all U.S. adults, including 45% of high-income earners, were living, they said, paycheck to paycheck, according to a new Lending Club report. That's down from 64% a year earlier, suggesting that last year's spending cutbacks have improved some consumers' financial situation. I uh, bought a big-ticket item last month. I just paid mm -hmm. for it a couple Mortgage. of days ago. Uh, 235 gallons of fuel oil, which cost almost $1,000. Huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. For the house I'm broadcasting from. Holy crap. Yep. <laughs> Linda Kasabian, who stood lookout. Ah, while she other... was uh, Manson? Yep. Yeah, she was yeah. in the family. Yeah. She was a lookout while other members of the Manson family engaged in two nights of murder in 1969. And then after an immunity deal, became a pivotal prosecution witness in the trials that put Manson and four of his other followers in prison, has died. She died in January. It was just announced in Tacoma, Washington. She was 73 years old. A notice in the News Tribune of Tacoma recorded the death gave no cause. 
For the most part, Kasabian had tried to keep a low profile since the killings and had gone under several names. At her death, she was using the name Linda Chiochios. Kasabian had recently turned 20 in July 1969, which she left her husband, Robert Kasabian, and went to live on the Spahn Ranch, the old movie set in Los Angeles, where Manson and his followers were camped out. She he didn't there. age well. I saw a picture of him. Really? Well, do, do any of us? He didn't age well. I think I'm doing all right. Yeah. She, uh, she went to the Spahn Ranch where drugs and sex were plentiful and where Manson, a habitual criminal and frustrated musician, held a psychological grip on his followers. He harbored hateful ideas about black people and tried to set off a race war, leading him to send Kasabian, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Charlie Watson out on a murderous mission. August 9, 1969, Kasabian waited at the car as a lookout, while the others killed five people, including the actress Sharon Tate. The next night, this time with Manson along, the group went to the home of Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. Manson tied the couple up and left with Kasabian. Several of his followers then stabbed the LaBiancas to death again, Kasabian, 73 years old. In the old. movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is that yeah. supposed to be the Spawn Ranch where Brad Pitt goes? Yeah, yeah with George uh, yeah. George Spawn, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. yeah. I, God, I wish, it, I wish it went down the way he wrote <laughs> Me that too. movie. Me too. Because <laughs> that's just the funnest ending of any movie. It really was. so fun. A complete revision of history. Yeah. It's, which I wanna, approved of. Yeah, 100% wrong, but just delightful. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sorry to say, a local suburb has made the FARC list of stories today. No. Uh, police in Chaska say an extremely drunk motorist fell asleep while ordering during the daytime from an Arby's drive through. Oh, uh oh. According to police, officers responded to the Arby's at about one o'clock Friday afternoon on the report of an unresponsive driver. A lady found uh, later found out to be a 43 year old man and the only occupant of the vehicle. Police said, luckily, an observant patron noticed this and was able to open the driver's door, shift the vehicle into park, likely preventing any damage to property and injury to any people. Police said the man was too drunk to do a standardized field sobriety test. So a search warrant was executed. They got a blood sample. During that process, the man allegedly admitted he had drank a little bit of wine. The, uh, <laughs> the people that live in that area will will relate. What's more amazing, and it was as it was pointed out on social media, is that entire area is under construction right now because they're redoing that that highway intersection. Yeah. The fact that he made it into that drive through <laughs> without running into anything is is nothing short of amazing because that whole area is under construction. Well, he probably had the window cracked. That's you know, true. You know how that helps. Yeah. What did yeah. they do with the bullhead sandwich that he ordered? Ooh. <laughs> curly yeah, he, fries too. He was huh? going yes. for the curly fries. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Yes. You want to swing in here, Joe, before we head on over? <laughs> no. In Saginaw, Michigan, a man found himself in jail, uh, his own fault, really, because he called 911 to report that he paid a prostitute for a service that she was unwilling to provide. Oh, oh somebody oh, needed a bath, huh? That's a, uh, that's a low point when a prostitute's turning you down. Huh? No way to go through life, son. Boy. Right. The 34-year-old man called 911 at 7.52 a.m. on oh. Saturday uh, you want to come over for brunch? This wasn't the same Not guy that went through Arby's, was it? Oh. No, I don't think so. Uh, unless he went from Saginaw to Chaska, yeah. you never know. Uh, this happened on Saturday morning, 7.52, <laughs> requesting police to his residence. 
Police Detective Sergeant Matthew Guro said the man said he had paid the woman $10 for a sex act. Oh, and $10 then, Annie. Yes. Well, that's uh, that's the dollar store, isn't it? And then she, what do you got for $10? Yeah, what can I get? She, uh, I'm going to need all that. She took the money, but then uh, didn't provide the service. Oh, uh, she's a thief. The man told police he wanted his money back. Yeah. The 24-year-old woman was still present when officers got there. There was no physical altercation, they said, between the man and woman. Officers arrested the man on a misdemeanor charge of accosting and solicitation and the woman on a charge of prostitution, both free on bond at the time. Sad, sad morning. Now, yeah, uh, they both had prior home invasion felonies. So oh, this no. fella, yeah. he had a prior bond out for him. Right. And he called police because the prostitute wouldn't do what he wanted. Yeah. So I don't think we're sharp characters. No, we're not dealing with a brain surgeon. No. No. John, thank you so very much. You bet. Yeah, they, I yeah, think so, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to go into this day in history. $10. No, we're going to come back and do it. Gotcha. $10. Definitely just <clears throat> need $10. 10 bucks. $10 make you holla. 10 bucks only going to get you a look. There's a gal that used to hang out at the joint, no, uh, the, the bar. Oh, here God. we go. Uh, and every no, no, believe me. <laughs> it's unfortunately, is the truth. And her nickname was Three Dollar Annie. Three Dollar oh. Yikes. What's yeah. she three bucks for? Did she Oops. have the bad meth teeth? But she had a bad everything. Yeah. <laughs> Except attitude. <laughs> Except pricing. <laughs> pricing. You. Mom, can we go home now? <laughs> oh, God. Finish your homework. Finish your homework. <laughs> oh. We're all going to hell. That was, you know, I'm depressed. That was all very depressing. <laughs> mm. That was one of Kenny's greatest lines. Talking about the strippers up in uh, Wisconsin. Hurley. <laughs> Brings the kid, puts him at the bar. He's doing his homework. <laughs> Grandma comes in with yeah, some hot dish. got to eat supper. <laughs> In a Tupperware container. Yeah, yeah, she's got it all ready. Oh, God, I guess I got to feed him again. Her husband walks in. Hey, did you pay the utility bill yet? (laughs) She's sliding down the pole. (laughs) Oh, yikes. I said I worked till seven. I got to pay till seven, Bart. (laughs) God. It's just like Take co- Johnny home. He's done with social studies. It's just like a regular coffee shop, except you know, yeah, the, the yeah. venereal diseases. Oh, except. Okay. except you know, back in pesky this. little thing. I even see the pole being rickety. Yeah, yeah, and it's not straight. No, it's it, it's, it's not. It's the brass is it's, worn off. It's loose. It's all loose. Oh. She's got a big snowmobile suit she's going to put on. To did go, they? Oh. I wonder if during the pandemic, did they make them wear masks? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, help me. You guys, I saw open Put a mask yesterday. over that thing, will you? What, where? Uh, I, was, I was down at my folks, and so when I came home, I went through Elysian. I think it's, I forget. Well, that's way that. south. You're fine. But I saw yeah. open water. That's Chelsea here. That's fine. They get warmer in the south. They probably have a spring there, or it's a, what know, kind a, of lake was it? A, a creek coming in. Lake. Was it next it to shore? Was it out in the middle? Is that one of the farm it? lakes? It's all brown water. No, it was a. They had. There were still people out there fishing. Well, they're idiots. Yeah. Every lake is different. 
Okay, Lake Elysian, Minnesota. What the hell is the name of that lake? Elysian. No, that's the big one. This is the other big one. Aren't there any lake cabins south of the Twin Cities? Oh, yes. God, everybody tons. goes north. How about going yeah. south? No, I, if I b- ever buy a place, it's going to be in southern Minnesota. Southeast, man. Uh, it's amazing down there. Round Lake in just west of Elysian. Oh, the rarely named Round Lake. It's a good size I, I, lake. I got one about half a, mile, half a mile from my house, Round Lake. Round Lake is a, a Round Boulevard. Lake Boulevard where you are. That's so, right. Broken Dreams. Is that no? That, did that I it? tell you, John, about the documentary I saw? It. I think I did tell you. Which one? The Tree Man. Mm, I don't recall that the no. documentary on Chuck Lavelle. Oh yes, you did. I'm sorry, you told me Friday. You really yep. need to watch that. I yeah. Who that? He a lumberjack. He's the keyboardist for the Allman Brothers and the Stones, and virtually had a hand in every bit of music that was ever produced from 1967 through now. Wait, oh, really? Wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. I'm wrong. Lake Francis. Lake Francis. Francis. You should have gotten tree man. Uh, I recommend it highly. I'm looking here. Yes, I see. How, how he could have the life he has in that world is beyond me. Uh, where where can I watch this? At? Say it into your microphone. Tree man. The tree man. <laughs> well, lives on a tree farm. Tree farm man. No, it's just uh, the tree man. I don't see it. Uh, not that microphone, the TV remote microphone. Oh, I don't have one. <laughs> not, not all of us have that fancy kind You know, of they're equipment. government spying on you. You know how there's some right? guys when they take their glasses off, they look really weird compared to when they have their glasses on? Sure. Yeah. Kenny just took his glasses off. Looks completely different. Than oh, Kenny he does. He's got a does. weird. Yeah. You can yeah. see the bags yeah, under my eyes. You beat me to the punch. Huge there. bags. You look younger without glasses on. <laughs> now you look old as shit. Yeah, you do. Now you look she old. chopped my hair off last night. She <laughs> did. She did. Oh, That's she, all right. I never she. would have guessed you got a haircut if you hadn't. What? How are you going to feed yourself for the next couple of weeks? God, I have no idea. Oh, that's right. I'll be all right. It's going to be cheese sandwiches. I'll be all right. Ketchup soup. Ketchup. Oh, a lot of takeout. Wiener water out. soup. Do some takeout. Oh, yep. 30 bales. Oh, that's a good idea. I've heard rave reviews so far away, about the... No, it's not. That's just all. It's way over there. I got a lot to do. Kenny, you got Amazon <laughs> Prime? Yeah. It's free on there. Oh, great. That's what this says, anyway. Did they increase the price of Amazon Prime again, Johnny? So it was 139 a year last time. Before the Tree Man began, I, I do Is this it? with every movie I, I watch. I thought it, I thought it was going. Going. I'm listening to you. Joe, I'm with, listening. With every documentary I watch, I always guess and invariably accurately how it begins. And once I read what the Tree Man was about, I knew perfectly well how it would begin, and that would be with Chuck Lavelle and his John Deere driving through his forest. Of course. And that's exactly yeah. how it began. Yeah. One thirty-nine. What was the what was the great uh, Motown story? Uh, Standing in the shadows of love. No, standing in the shadows of Motown. Shadows. That was about all the all the uh, studio guys, studio players. Yep. I predicted how that would begin. I predicted the camera would uh, would pan in on a gray, rainy Detroit, and that's exactly what it did. And then a guy sitting on his porch. Sounds like a fun game. It's a game I play along with. Let's see who can shut the door. The quiet. <laughs> shut the door. 
I play that game with the ending of all the books that you recommend to me, and uh, I'm always you get, right. You get it right a lot, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And do you uh, scream out as you're reading, he's going to die? Yep, I do. <laughs> Lake Waconia is what I was thinking of. That's the best-kept secret in the southern do, do, lake. Do, it's west of here. Metro. South of That's west. a great lake in the summer. No, it's not. It's west of here. West. Or Blue west of there. Bleeping west. What the hell? Rook, it's north of me. Yeah, it's nowhere south. Sure. Right on Highway 7. Did I tell you, speaking of Waconia, did I tell you guys the Fratelloni news? No. They bought the Waconia hardware store? Well, he didn't. The new owners did. Well, they, whatever, the brand. Well, he has no say in it anymore. Sure he does. Huh. But the that's a really, really neat hardware store. Can we get this over with? I got stuff to Let's do. Let's go. Here. Joe, uh, Joe, do you like Little Feet? Yeah, you've enlightened me about them. I see there's a Lowell George uh, documentary on. You know what Ryan they say Wilson. about a guy with little feet? Yeah, yeah rookie. Tell us. <laughs> it's true. Also, have you it's watched true. the Harry Nielsen one? You should no. watch that. Oh, right. it's wonderful. Who is Harry I've Nielsen? I've been tempted to. I've been tempted to watch oh, that one. Excellent. Rook, this excellent. is going to be the sneak one. See, he snuck it in. See how that works? I'm just going to start hitting record. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Only because they come to us. All the way from Marlith Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Limans at WorldwideWaftage.com. It was on this day. March 1. In 1856, the Territorial Legislature incorporated the St. Peter Company, which was authorized to engage in milling and water power work and to develop real estate. The company's stockholders hoped to move the state capital to St. Peter, but their efforts were thwarted. See Feb 27. James <laughs> J. Hill would purchase the company charter in 1901, hoping that its real estate powers would prove useful to the Great Northern Railway. Hmm. On this day in 1856, 3-1. Minneapolis approved. Uh, Minneapolis was approved for a town government by the territorial legislature. It would become a city 10 years later. The legislature also formed three counties, Lake County, named for Lake Superior, McLeod County, named for Martin McLeod, a fur trader and a member of the territorial legislature, and Pine County, named for the extensive pine forests of the region or perhaps for the Pine River and Pine Lakes. On this day in 1881, March 1st. the first state capitol burned. 300 people escaped safely, but the building, including the law library, was a total loss. Luckily, most of the Minnesota Historical Society artifacts were rescued from the basement. A second capitol was built on the same site, a square block bounded by Wabasha Cedar Exchange in 10th Street, but was later replaced by the structure we know today, designed by Cass Gilbert. On this day in 1899, the theory of the leisure class, an economic study of institutions authored by Thorstein Veblen, was published. A graduate of Carleton College, Veblen earned recognition as a dynamic economist and social theorist, and his book remained influential in the 21st century. Hmm. And on this day, in 1921, Patrick Desjardins was born on the Red Lake Reservation. 
As an artist, he painted colorful, stylized images of traditional Ojibwe life. Nice. I've heard of him. And finally, on this day, March 1, in 1994, Runaway Train by the by Soul Asylum won the Grammy for Best Rock Song. It's a great tune. It is. Yeah. And they really never really got over the hump, did they? Into mass stardom, or did they? I don't think they filled arenas, did they? I don't think so. John, anyone? I, I don't think so, but they did okay. I mean, they had a nice yeah. career. Still that do. That album is really good, though. I like that well, album. Did the one dude married uh, Winona Ryder? That I don't know, but it's ringing a bell. Dave Perner. Is that who it was? They hung out. Dave Perner's the singer, yeah. The there? horse they rode in on is also a good album. Yeah. yeah. Are they Let's the ones see, that uh, do the Thanksgiving show every year, Kenny, at First Half? Is that Soul Asylum? Curtis A does a John Lennon show. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of? Okay. Sorry. There was a documentary on PBS the other night about First Avenue. Was and, it tedious? Yeah, but the guy who ran it, he, for some reason, he's really striking me as familiar, like I've met him. Steve. Um, kind of a big, sloppy-looking guy. Uh, Steve. Uh, why can't I remember Steve's last name? Why, he married why would Cindy I know Lawson. him? Uh, he was there 100 years. He was the one that booked... Um, Werewolves of London guy, Warren four Zibon. times a year. Yeah, they were good friends. Steve, uh, Steve, Steve, Steve. I can't remember his name. Well, Sorry. I know who you mean, but boy, he looked tremendous. McClellan, Steve McClellan. I don't know if that's the guy I'm thinking of. Oh. Perner started dating actress Winona Ryder after the pair were introduced at Soul Asylum's performance on MTV Unplugged in 93. They broke up three years later. Perner lived in Bywater, New Orleans, Louisiana for a time and still maintains a residence and recording studio in New Orleans. He also maintains a residence in Minneapolis. He has a son, Eli, with his ex-wife. Huh. Probably listen to the podcast. Well, right good now. luck, Dave. I have my doubts. Yeah. I have my doubts. Since we're, you know, we've unveiled a lot of controversial takes on the show today. I hate the new twins uniform. I just want that to be known publicly. Uh, wow. I haven't really seen them yet. I hate them. Uh, unlike I you, like... I haven't been able to watch the ball. Yeah, I, I haven't oh. seen them yet. So Chris, um, I can't help you. Do me a favor, guys. They... Do me a favor for it. Just get a piece of paper and a pencil. Got yeah. It. How about a marker? Take mm -hmm. 5639. Oh, God. 5639. 50, 59. And yeah. subtract 5103. Minus 5103. 536. Perfect. Okay. So you don't have to apologize right now on the podcast, but I would like you to apologize eventually in writing, or I'll take verbal apologies. For um, St. Paul, Minnesota, 44th parallel, 56 minutes, 39 seconds. Waconia. 44 degrees, 51 <laughs> minutes, and three seconds. That is south. Joe, that say is it. south. Waconia is south. So, Joe, say it. It might who, be a little west, who but gives it's south. a bleep? Joe, say it. Accuracy. Say what? Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Thank you, GLers. Thank you, GLers. South. Waconia is not south. 56. That's west. That's fine. But it sure the hell is south. Waconia That's is the most research you've done in your entire career. <laughs> I'm done for the year. I'm done for the year. He uh, looked up the, the, what would you call it? The, the longitude, longitude and latitude, and latitude of Waconia. Yeah, and I was right. So eat it. Okay. <laughs>
Oh, I have to do the outro here, don't yeah, I? Yeah. That's so exciting. So Please. I'm, you yeah, know, I'm kind of tired from all that research. Hey, uh, we can tell deal. you're sweating. Pod MN on your smartphone will get you other latitude and longitude podcasts that you can listen to. <laughs> Go to garagelogic.com and signing up for the Garage Logic Town Council. And checking out the online store is a very smart thing to do. And if you flip over to YouTube, you can check out Garage Logic and subscribe. That's all you got to do. 56. To oh, 51. that's not it. Huh? Do what now? I got the wrong got the wrong guys in my room. Such, can I ask a question about molar? Because they're yeah. starting this month? Yeah. Um, there's a section here that has molar, as in, like, their spots, but there's another one that says molar memorial. What is that? News to me. <laughs> oh, he's alive. It was Sunday. That's good to know. <laughs> I okay. talked to him Sunday. Black Church? Gold. Black Gold. That's the song. Oh, that, that song's song. great. Too. No, yeah. he's in Florida. Oh. Black Gold Water. Summer of Drugs. Are we still on the uh, town council? Yeah. That's one of the best songs I've ever done. That, Summer of uh, Drugs. That Summer hit drugs. number 20 on the U.S. alternative charts, Kenny, in 1993. How about that? Yeah, I think it was only, uh, the only place I ever found it was on the Clerks soundtrack, if I remember right. It's It was originally on Sweet Relief, a benefit album oh, for Victoria Oh, that's where Williams. it is. Right, right. Yeah. I've got that. That's where I have Were it. they yep. a suburban group or uh, Minneapolis proper? Oh, no, they were Minneapolis. They were really, really hardcore before they got commercial. Yeah, they were very uh, punkish. Yeah. That's Perner yelling on um, Kids Don't Follow. That, that uh, it's the Minneapolis police, the party's over. I thought that was the replacements. Yeah, it is. And Perner was uh, in the, in the, at the party and he goes, hey, F you. That's Perner. Oh, I'm going to listen to this when we're done recording the film council. I don't remember this song, Kenny. That's because you're a square, lame <laughs> cracker. <laughs> well, he was a rural kid. Yeah. Well, no, but that hit. But so was Kenny. I was right smack in the middle of. That was my high school years was. No, they... you that that song got no play at all. Oh. But it's really good. The video's kind of cool. It's got that swampy look to it in, I'm going to guess, Louisiana. Ramsey County Sheriff. Oh, yeah. Oh, you need stories, too. Right. Yes, please, John. I'll do that right now, Chris. Joey Legion, Minnesota. Seriously. That's yeah. Lake Country, baby. Yeah. A lot of lakes. How down far there. is it? All right, browse. I can get run. there in an hour. See you later. Yeah. Hour 15. Down 35. And then you head over on 60. They got boats. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a festive lake in the summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Eddie Vedder did a song with Victoria Williams. Crazy Mary. Have you ever heard that song? I, yeah, I know that song. I didn't. God, I thought I knew it by somebody with her, but not him. But it might. Um, be. I, I wonder if he maybe she did it and then he did it. I don't know if they did it together. Um, but either version is, is really good. Great well, if he song. did it, it would be unintelligible. No, no, you're, you're wrong. Uh, Eddie's a cool guy. He so. might be a cool guy, but he, he can't articulate. Nothing. He. You try to do, just decipher his lyrics. I've never had singing. an issue with that. Oh, wait, I, Pearl Jam's sweet. Yeah, that's no, I've not never... what I said. <laughs> uh, it, kind of. It, is he a local, or no, does he just hang out Diego. here a lot? He's Chicago. here a lot. Or he was a, 
uh, I think, was he Gardy's buddy or? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a baseball some, freak. No, yeah, he's, he's a big. Uh, Coomer's buddy. Yeah, Coomer has a great Eddie Vedder story. Did I ever tell you that? He told it on the air with Judd. It was great. Oh, Coomer yeah. was one of the base, one of the coaches for the Cubs fantasy camp. Yep. Along with Mark Grace or whoever. And yep. they're doing roll call and he goes, Eddie Vedder? Here. He's got his Cubs batting helmet on and shit. Yep. He's what? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. He's a just the most down to earth fella you'd ever meet. So is Grohl by all accounts. Did you That's see the Grohl story over the weekend? No. He loaded up his uh He's got a smoker and yeah. he went to, it was a thing for, uh, to raise money, a for the homeless and B for firemen. Yeah. And he spent 16 hours at the smoker making food for, for oh, people that's at, the, cool. at the thing. Just kept making food. Wow. That's cool. He tells great stories about bringing his mom with him on tour and she'd sit in the green room with green day, having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I All right, amigos, manana. All right, adios. See you, Rook. Ramsey yeah. County Sheriff Bob Fletcher. Oh, yeah. The Fletch. Do I capitalize county? Yeah. Okay. On the state of the city. And China is trying to kill us. Yeah. Sheriff. China. Bob Fletcher. What did you say? Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher. On the state of the city. On the oops, capital state. Yeah, on the state of the city as he sees it. On the city as he sees it. China That's is trying to kill us. Wrong. Okay. China what is trying hell? to kill us. Semicolon. Oops, semicolon. Yep. Cheaper than war. Okay. Uh... The FBI has given us permission to put the pandemic lab leak back into play. Pandemic lab dash leak back into play. Yeah, it doesn't need a dash. Oh, it was, it was, I only did dash because that's, it was dashed in the story I printed out. Well, then leave it. I don't care. Okay. Uh, Johnny that's enough. News. That's, enough. that's enough. That's enough. Johnny Height with guitar news. There's a oh, John, do you follow historic vids on Twitter? They have a really um, cool, not sure. They have a very cool clip of the moment Paul McCartney played Let It Be to the rest of the Beatles in 1969. Oh, well, that's on uh, yeah, I've get seen back. that many times. It's in oh. Get Back, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. The movie. Uh, A cool story I saw today from all places. uh, Super 70s was about the origin of Sergeant Pepper. When a roadie said, pass the salt and pepper, and Paul heard it as Sergeant Pepper. No way. Well, it's on Super 70 Sports. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. I've never heard that either. Yeah. It's a great story if it's true. I'm willing to believe. Me too. Yeah. Oh, why why not? Kenny, he had another good one. What what the hell was it? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's sign off so we can listen to that song. I need to go. Um, blow How come Crump didn't get the Deshaun Hill case? I wonder. 
police weren't involved. Here we go. That's true. Super 70 Sports at 7.56 p.m. yesterday. How pissed do you think Robin Gibb was that his brothers yeah. looked like the Kennedys and he looked like someone just beat Martin Short with a shovel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. Which one, Robin? Yeah. Did they say? Yeah. Except yeah, it didn't make funny. sense because Robin's taller than Martin Short. Oh, <laughs> my. And you guys think I'm pedantic. Honestly, Come on. God, How do you get no through one... life? Do you ever laugh? <laughs> Whiz, Joe. Uh, that was the equivalent of rookie looking up the latitude and right. longitude it of was, Laconia. It was bad, wasn't it? I'm, I, Good Lord. I apologize if you were offended. If you were offended, yes. No, he I'm not offended. I'm embarrassed. Robert Gibb wasn't as tall as Martin Short. Because, you know, like, yeah. he, he had, like, different tennis shoes on. Yeah, the French shoes on? God. You know what you are? Huh? You're up is what you are. Oh, up, you think? Did you get beat up a lot as a kid? <laughs> yeah. I did. Stuffed in a locker. They yeah. stuffed in a locker, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I just got to notice my library card's almost expired. Oh, oh my God. Sign God off. Sign I off. didn't know they sent those out. Chris, sign off. Town so we can listen to that song. We're really, hey, really I sorry. ordered the uh, Ferrigno book, Prayers for the Assassin. Town the Council, everybody go look 